Oh, here we go. Here we go. No warnings. Just this means being recorded. You know, let me just turn off the phone because, like, you know, it's, it's fed stuff. This means being recorded. I feel like I'm on first 48. I ain't do it. I don't know why criminals still get caught. If you watch enough of those shows, you know when the police call you in, just say lawyer. Like, and that's that's it. The show's over. Like, okay, that's it. Of course, but you know, you know what it is. They, they, you know, when they be profiling the criminals, they know what their weak spots are. So they know that, you know, certain men just need to tell everybody what they did. Yeah, their ego is just so good. It's catered you to know. Them. And so, you know, when they come in and they say, oh, you're not smart enough to have committed a crime like this. They're like, what? What do yeah, you mean? Yeah. I'll show you how I did it. I'll right, show right, you. right, right. Also, there's the guy, everybody thinks they're smarter than the police. Well, some yeah. people think I'm smarter than these people. So they go in there obviously trying to fish what they know and good police officers or good detectives they just play they just play so dumb like they yeah. they just they, the worst thing you can do in an interview room is talk <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing you can do because if you're and you know what yeah if they know you're a talker you know in um rush hour um i just like to talk there's people that like to talk is that they didn't they talk if you're one of those people that just like to talk they will let you talk and you literally talk your way into jail. <laughs> of course. Of course, bro, seriously, I'm telling you, it's got to a point where I, I, I practice it from now. There's times where, like, I, maybe I get into an argument with my wife and I'm like, don't respond. Don't respond. And I really try, bro. And then somehow, somehow, 10 minutes later, I'm like, what do you mean? How could you say that? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, that's how they catch them. That's you how I'm going to get don't buy. You know what they say? Don't buy. Don't buy. Because you know what, motherfuckers, sometimes... Your wife, want, your wife wants a couple rounds. You see what I'm saying? And she, but she's come at the wrong time. You see what I'm saying? So she's brought her energy. Now you're not really in the mood, but she wants it. And so because she's in the mood, she knows how to poke your buttons. She knows, she knows, she knows what, what rib to hit for you to say, all right, let's dance. And then she's won because you're, you're coming to a fight you didn't even want to get into. Exactly. She's been so training with for the this. Wrong energy. You're coming with she's, the wrong energy. She's been in the training camp with uh, Roger, <laughs> with Roger Mayweather. How do you ice cream? Exactly. <laughs> you, you get up, ice cream still on your shirt. One second, one second. <laughs> you just prepared for the shit that's in front of you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Big facts, bro. Yeah. Big facts. That's the thing about. But that's the beauty of human beings, you know, we're not perfect. And I feel like some, we, we look at our, our imperfections as such a, a weakness in our Achilles heels, Achilles heel, but you don't realize it's what makes us who we are. Do you see what I'm saying? So when I trigger, if I trigger you and, and you react that way, it's not for me to tell you, you know, there's a piece of shit. Where I, I call his mom a pussy and he got upset. It's like, well, bro, like, what the hell? <laughs> Like, of course he's going to get upset. And that's a lot to say. It's like, yeah, but like, I'm, I'm his bedroom though. Yeah, I understand that. But you see what I'm saying? So, yeah. Know, we, we you know, it is, bro. It's good that it's good that we have, because it means you care about your mom. It means you have some values. It means you have something. So there is a positive side to it. But the fact that somebody has the button uh, that controls you, that's when it's a problem. I feel like right. if you're trying to achieve something, let's say, for example, um, let's say black people trying to get together to do something and they know that all they need to do is just like trick and you know, put out one picture of uh, one white celebrity in blackface and that derails everything we were working on because now we're so offended on this. I feel like that's where being able to control how you respond to things is really important. When there's a strategy, there's a mission, you need to be able to control how you feel. 
also always ask yourself, why did this picture come out today? Like, why? Oh, bro, come on, man. Was it in the Was it in the archives? Like, where did it? Did some nan just find it? She was dusting down his old school photos. I don't get it. Like, bro, you you know what it is. It's it's right around the time site is popping off. They'll just be like, do you know what? Let's call Ian Wright Ainsley Harriet or something in a news yeah. article or something. And then, and we just go straight to it each time. You know, it's, like, it's like you just like you can't hold back. Notice how when Kurt Zuma kicked the cat, they didn't make they didn't get the pictures wrong. <laughs> no Clark was they didn't get they didn't put Asha D up there. They knew exactly who No Clark was. So it's not like when they put out Ainsley Harriet, congratulations. It's not like they missed a step. It's how can we get people buying papers? What about that no club situation, man? You just put that right back in my memory. You know what? Out of sight is out of mind. Look at Mason Greenwood. Bro, it's very powerful. It's very, very powerful. All these guys that do this spin and, you know, image consultants and stuff like that who just, like, weather the storm for three weeks, people forget about it. I'm like, we we know this, and yet it still happens. Because I, I do not remember... Because remember, our lives are not exciting. So anything that can drive some kind of excitement creates that unique and um, that um, universal energy where we feel like something's going on. But nothing's really going on. It's just a moment of boom, in a moment out of, out of, not, out of silence. Do you see what I'm saying? And so the moment yeah. Mason Greenwood went away, the noise died down, and then Zuma kicked a cat. And then this is a great narrative. These footballers are going crazy. So that rights for three weeks. And then what happens? We go to war. Who's thinking of cats now? Yeah. Ukraine. And believe me, in two months' time, it will be black women not being chosen on Love Island. Bro, do you, you think people would respect it if Kurt Zuba posted Pray for Ukraine? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> He's like, yo, there ain't no cats over there. He's kicked, bro. Just Relax. He, just because he kicked a cat on camera, does that make him a bad person? Like, do I don't think it does, know? but you know how people are. People actually know, like, he gives 10% of his wages to the homeless because he grew up homeless and he didn't want that to happen. He, he connects with people who don't have a home. Bro, if you do that, you no, deserve no, to no, kick no, it. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it does make him you know, does it? <laughs> No, but I was, about, I was about to say, if he does do that, he deserves to kick a cat once in a while, man. Right. Well, and what I'm saying is, yeah, you've got to put it all into perspective. You know, like we said, you know, those cats were in them. And, you know, those cats, I feel for those cats because it's not every day you find a 120 grand owner. It's not, you know, it's not every day you get, get an owner like that. You fuck around and get an owner in my estate. Well, the cats in my estate, they were like, bro, I'll take two kicks just to be in that mansion. <laughs> you can cook me yeah. in the pussy <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's just, it was just a culture clash. But again, that has died now. You know what I mean? We forgot, yeah. you know? And um, it's um, it's just... Because... Who, who, which, which, uh, who do you think has gotten away with the maddest scandal? Because Frankie. it just blew over. He was sleeping with, with his brother's wife, right? Was it? Look, how, look, how, look how nice it blew over. You can't even remember it too tough. <laughs> But you know what? The, the reason why I remember, I remember I, I, and he had the gag order from the girl from Big Brother or something like that. Remember that whole it's the gag order we all knew was writing gigs and the press said you can't say his name. Yes, yeah, and then basically like US papers started tweeting it and stuff like yeah, that because yeah, they yeah, yeah, they're not under UK courts. Yeah, right, I remember that. Yeah, but you know yeah. the maddest the maddest thing. The only reason I remember that Ryan Giggs thing is because of Paddy Power did that advert with his brother. His brother, and, yeah. 
Yeah, that was a madness. Like that was a whoever sat down and wrote that, they took the rest of the day off. They were like, yo, we got Raggy's brother in. It's gonna be good. Cause that advert is lives in my head rent free. I don't even remember anything in there. I just remember the fact that they got him in there and they were taking jabs the whole time. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic, man. Petty as hell. But... Money, money affords you um a lot of leeway. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you have yeah. the money. You can you can spin a murder into a into an accident. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of who I who I can think of who's got away with. To be honest, like Boris Johnson's gotten away with a lot. You know, he's had racial slurs and you know all sorts of things that would end some people's careers. I don't um, think it, I, I think those things are part. I think those things are intentional. I really okay. Do. I don't think they're slip ups. Boris Johnson's too smart to make a slip up like that. These are very, very well-educated people. It's a very smart, it's very smart tactics, man. It's very intelligent. Yeah. It's part of the games. This is the thing I don't know though. See, that's the problem, because I get this as well sometimes when people say, I think you're smart. So therefore, like, if you make a mistake, I genuinely believe like you planned it, it was all part of some evil plan. Some of these guys may just be dumb and make silly mistakes and just pop off at the mouth. I don't believe politicians are, I think they're actors. I don't think they're real people. They're playing a role. That's just not mm. who they really are. <clears throat> Boris Johnson has made a clever character of people you don't, of someone you don't take serious. That's the character he plays. So mm. that's why every time he just looks to show, that, that's what drives his character. That's what keeps him in the papers. That's what keeps people talking about him. You see what I'm saying? It's like Donald Trump. It's like Barack Obama, the smooth president. Do you see what I'm saying? Bill Clinton was, the, you know, <laughs> was the whole was the whole of the presidency. George Bush, right? You know, old boy off the farm, off the blah, 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 dynasty. You know, they're all characters. Wait, so wait. What you're saying is, <laughs> you're saying Bill Clinton was playing the role of the whole. So you're saying he wasn't really out here getting these blowjobs, or was he just going method? Was he like committed to the role? Like, I really need to get into my role. I need you to give me a blowjob right now. So I can play. He was, uh, this, you know, he was the president we want to fuck. I'd fuck Bill Clinton. We? The women, women, women. You know what I mean? He was the, I'd fuck Bill Clinton. You know, he was that, that guy. Okay. You know, a poster boy president. Okay. Now, now Barack could be the, Barack could have been that president, but it wouldn't be a good look for black people. Yeah. Because if, he was nobody, to... if you take Barack out of that presidential look, he's a Denzel Washington. Okay. And then also yeah. the symbol. Yeah. Dude, I, always, I always struggle with that. Like, because I can see he's clearly... No, well, he was the wholesome, was the wholesome look. The handsome black man. He's clean, no tattoos. He's not a thug. I mean, just bring him home to mama. That was what Denzel was. Handsome. Okay. Like a big deal. It was a smoothness. Whereas, you know, you know, like, do you know why I never got it? It's you're because... Like you're like genuine is a... You know, yes. <laughs> Guys, I think we've got a new record in. Uh, I think we're like 15 minutes into the pod and we've got some genuine If 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 your sister said my, 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 my new boyfriend's coming around and you and he's genuine, hell no. <laughs> hell no. You got to pull the shotgun now. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Whereas then you're like, come on in, Mr. Mr. Washington. Or, or, or you know what I mean? You, you you can trust him to have dinner. You just know that Junior Man's about to take your, your sister upstairs. <laughs> yeah, you know what I like about Denzel. Denzel, Denzel, 
Denzel looks like he actually cares about the craft and he's not trying to be a sex symbol. So the fact that people right, kept right. putting that like, on that's him. That's part of it, though. That's part that's of it. Amazing. It's not yeah. like where take your clothes off. It's more like George Clooney. Mm. You understand? Okay. It's, it's like the image that it presents. Because you know how yeah. like, older women don't have the same uh, image of, of you know sex symbols as the younger women. Even though they mm. did when they were younger, but as you get older, it's you're not looking at the Tyrese's with the abs out now. You put a, a responsible motherfucker. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> bro, you see all them younger actors that put out them calendars where they're topless for each month. Now, when you when you older, you just put a calendar with you doing different house chores for each month. In July, I'm hoovering. <laughs> yeah, man. When you're young, In March, you're I'm doing the garden. Man. I remember when Marquis Houston used to have the shaved eyebrows and the, you think he's doing that shit now? <laughs> Who really is your bro, man? Let your eyebrows grow. What's wrong with you, man? Stop doing the shaved eyebrows. Although my mm. brother pierced his ear the other day. Okay. Both of them. I said, bro, something going on? I asked, his, I asked my sister, who's, what happened for your husband? She said, bro, we're turning 40. We're doing some wild shit right now. <laughs> I like the way she put that. Go ahead, player, go ahead. Live your best lives. Do what you got to do, man. What you got to do to express yourself. But yeah, man, yeah. it's um I don't even know how we got to the topic of um of sex symbols, and I don't know how I was so you know such an expert. But it's interesting if you look at even in the RB world or hip hop, Tupac was a sex symbol, as in just raw, but he 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 would never have evolved to the take him seriously. Girls would have gotten over that Tupac image. I ain't trying to get a Tupac right now because they want more of a um, what Jay Z, I guess, evolved to more of a stability type person. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Whereas yeah. I don't know a rapper who, who actually presented them more. I, I guess Nas would have presented them more, you know, the, the responsible guy who will leave the hood, whereas Tupac was the guy that will always be in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He, was thug, he was that thug lover for real. Yeah, I mean, was there was there a responsible rapper? I guess Will Smith maybe. Hello, Cool J was a was a lover, but yeah, still, he was a lover. Was, but still, Hello, Cool J is the worst nigga. Whoa, hell no! Hello, <laughs> have you in your feelings? Yeah, you know what? Word, word, word. Hello, <laughs> the worst. Yo, yeah. I, I, if if you were trying to take a relationship with LL seriously in the eighties and nineties. You did it to yourself. <laughs> but he was married. Well, he got married, you know. I know he I know he dipped out a lot, but you know, he is what it is. <laughs> it is and, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, the pressure must have been a lot though. It's, it's ridiculous to even try and get married at that point. Yeah. I mean like Redman said when you when he went to NEC, people would just give him weed because that's what he rapped about. So you can imagine LL Cool J. God. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Lee. You can imagine he's, he's probably beating chicks to mama said knock you out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! He, bro. If if um if there was like a me too era then, he'll be his tour will be done after the first C. <laughs> Bruh, everybody to be fair, yeah, if if Me Too really went into it, I think everybody would be done. Because yeah. if, if you've oh, ever been in, yeah, if you've ever been in one of those situations where somebody was passing a blunt or there was lots of Hennessy going around or, you know, people were doing other drugs, 
automatically anybody can spin that into like I wasn't able to consent and then that's it everybody goes down and the you know I mean everybody within the atmosphere would be like we all knew what was up so like yeah, yeah, yeah. but you take that out of context now it's like well that just shows that it was a, a terrible atmosphere and a rape culture yeah, yeah, and blah, blah, blah. absolutely so, bro I, they, they, we really don't even want to do like a whole investigation into anybody bro if we look deep enough probably TD Jake's got a couple of uh, <laughs> cases Bro, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm not really trying to put it on TV. Oh, his hands just went the wrong way. <laughs> I mean, you know, no disrespect to the, to the bishop, but, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think, I think if you, you could misconstrue. He said I was touched by the Lord. That went no Lord. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> But yo, you bro, know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah, one got the charges, Rupert. <laughs> oh, bro, that one was dark. Oh. I said, the worst thing you want to, when you're charged with like sexually assaulting anybody, the last thing you want is your name to be Eddie Long. Nah, man, that, that sounds like a porn name, dog. <laughs> it does. Damn, Eddie Long, you know, that just sounds wrong. If the lawyer says that three times in the court, I'm, I'm saying guilty, standard. Eddie Long, nah, guilty. Nigga, guilty. Eddie Long, nah, hell no. Oh, spin up, that's what they call him, Eddie Long. <laughs> the defense rests, Your Honor. Bruh, I would never you refer to him. I, I would just Mr. Long. <laughs> Mr. Long, how do you ask to the charges? <laughs> Yo, I didn't you get the keys to the new car? Yo, Mr. Long gave me a loan. Oh, he gave me a loan, huh? Was it a long loan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! Charged with the unsolicited sending of, oh, uh, of, of pictures of one's phallus, uh, phallus. Mr. Long, whoa. Imagine your wife came back from church. Mr. Long laid handles us today. Mr. Long, what? That's a Mr. Long. Right, imagine, imagine you, you, you go to the gum clinic and he's just quickly take an STT, STD check. You're like, yeah, we've got the results now for Mr. Long. Mr. Long. <laughs> <laughs> What if you forget? What if you, you know, when you when you haven't got to the gate in time and they've had to close the gate and then just calling your name for the tenor, Mr. Long to gate three, please? Mr. Long. <laughs> You're going to miss that flight, right? I ain't going to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look around. What the hell is Mr. Long? Bro, uh, I, 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 bro, if, if, his, his middle name's got to be Richard, bro. It's got to be Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, 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 I'm definitely yo. If I'm if my name's Eddie Long, my first Eddie, son's name is Richard. Eddie Rufus or Eddie Sebastian, Eddie Nathaniel, Eddie Nathaniel Long. Nah, my first son's name is Richard. They gonna shorten his name to Dick in America, bro. That's that's it. It's got to be. You have to. You have to. It's it's by force that I'm. His middle name should be two. Eddie, Eddie too low. <laughs> ah, that would have been better. 
Uh, Eddie, and your surname? Long. <laughs> What's your middle name? Two. God, hell no. <laughs> I got Chinese in my family. You know what's mad though? Is if he named his son Eddie as well. Now he's Eddie Long Jr. No, like, well, I got to be the junior, man. <laughs> yeah, because I'm Eddie Long Sr. Eddie Long Sr. in this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm Eddie Long the second. No, why why got to be second place now? You know what? If you're like, if they have to keep the tradition of the Eddie going, the third child will be Eddie Long Junior Junior. Right? But he'll be like, no, I'm Eddie Long the third. <laughs> it's the third longest, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, he got the charges on him, man. So Rightly so, bro. I, I, that's the thing as well. You know you're doing something wild. Why are you leaving full-on evidence? You're sending pictures of yourself to these guys. That's because you strong. That nigga worked out. Why is a pastor working out? I don't think the pastor should work out. Let's discuss. <laughs> Let's discuss. I mean, what are you oh, working out for? <laughs> you know, <laughs> of the kingdom? Come on, man. He's so supposed to be overweight with a suit on you say you don't trust these uh, these new pastors. You got a vanity issue. Well, funny, funny you should say that actually, because there's a there's a documentary coming out that's supposed to be like an expose on um, the Hillsong in New York, um, because the pastor there, the head pastor there, was doing an absolute madness, and he kept in shape as well. He had mad pictures with him with his top off. And he was like a celebrity pastor as well. So, you know, he was known for like pastoring Justin Bieber and so on. He must have cleaned out the choir. Bro, no, but they saw him in the clubs. He wasn't even, there was girls coming out the woodwork saying that they were doing a full-on affair. He's a married man as well, but they're having full-on affairs with this dude. This dude was doing, you know, real nightclub ministry. He was in there, you know, doing outreach, just reaching out. Spreading the word. Yeah, and so, I mean, there's a lot of actual problems within the church itself as well, but him in particular, he was a big part of that that problem, and may, maybe there is something to be said for the fact that he was trying to be, you know, all ripped and uh, attractive and whatnot. Maybe if he just went with the usual pastor look, you know, the church would have been stronger. But remember, you know, that, 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 um, that makes up for a good, like, juxtaposition for a character you know how being a pastor is one thing but if you struggle with vanity that can lead to so many problems you see what i'm saying just as simple as vanity you know yeah because you that that will always make you desire uh something or make you make you push you to make a bad decision because of that that trait in you you know and if you look at him i work out no, it's not enough to just work out. People need to see it. So when you look at it today, for instance, when people, you can see, you can tell when someone's not going to last on the gym journey or on the food journey because you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for everyone else to see. A friend of mine, January started, just started posting healthy eating, da 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 By, by th- week three, she's given up. But you know, the, the thing is, like, I have heard that in some situations, if you're posting the work you're actually doing, um, because we're social creatures and we don't want the disappointment of those around us, it can be a powerful motivating tool that people who have seen me working out, they expect to see me working out, so I have to keep working out. 
But if you are posting, like this, here's the thing: if you get, if you post it and people start checking in on you, like what's going on? You you were supposed to be working out. I think you're more likely to carry on. But what happens online is, especially for um, you know, maybe for this uh, sister that you're talking about now, is you get the validation. So it's like everyone's giving you your medal before you've even run, just because you entered. So they've told you, oh, well done, sis. Oh, man, you're amazing. Yes. Well. So after that, you haven't, you've already got your dopamine hit. So you don't actually need to achieve anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And then that, that's where I thought you lose. And you also forget, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Mm. You know what yes. I'm saying? It's not yeah. how you start. It's how you finish. So, um, you, you know, Usain Bolt was not a great starter. Just you know what I'm saying, but he had enough speed to outrun everyone else. So even though he didn't start well, he was his first three strides is already ahead of the pack. Now, if you're mm. another, if you're another athlete to try and keep up with um, a Usain Bolt, your start has to be spot on. Yeah. You know, you, <coughs> you know, you to get a decent finish. So yeah, I know at the times we go into tasks or anything looking ahead, looking too far ahead, looking at the summer body and how everyone's going to say you look good and all of this kind of stuff. But you forget it's a process to that moment. And the process is not pretty. It's not supposed to be pretty, you know? It's supposed to be work. It's supposed to be tiring. It's supposed to be, you know, damn near, do I even want to do this anymore? And then you pick yourself up again and go. And a lot of the times, you know, you can post your journey. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not against any of that but what i'm saying is understand there's a time to really be silent and focus on what it is you're trying to do you know and really get into what it is you're trying to achieve because i believe yeah. once, you're, once you're in that zone you don't even have time to film it's like when lebron james when it was like the peak when it came playoff time he comes off twitter it comes off social media because all he wants yeah. to think about is basketball yeah, it's it's interesting because um I was I was listening to I was watching a video today and the the video was uh, using the audio from some preacher preaching a sermon, and it was one of those you know those gas you up uh, African American sermons about how you know the pastor starts telling you about why you're haters why God gave you haters blah blah, blah trying to be relevant. So in this one he was talking about why you don't fit in. And I, th- I felt like a lot of it was fluff, but one of the things that he said that was very interesting was that um, sometimes God didn't uh, allow you to fit in so that you wouldn't uh, believe that that environment was the most you could do. And that basically before God uh, elevates so many people in the Bible, he takes them out into the wilderness. And and that really sat with me. That part sat with me that, there is off. I, I I see it in the Bible, but I also see it in real life. This sort of wilderness experience that when you're about to go to a new level, you actually need to retreat away from the lights, the glamour. You know, before Jesus comes into Jerusalem and everybody's waving the palms and blah, blah blah, he's in the wilderness for forty days and forty nights. This is Lent. This is the season we're in. It's a time to think about that. Um, you know, Moses before um, he goes to go and set Israel free. He has to go and spend time out in, you know, in Midian. Even um, <clears throat> Tupac was in prison for, I think, yeah. a, year and, a year and a bit. And he came out and people don't realise he was only on death row for six months. Six yeah. months. And the whole game in six months. The work he put out because he had 
a, a place of refl- a detour. You know mm. what I mean? A place where he had to find something. He had to find a reason to live. And so you're right. Mm. A lot of the times, especially if you're an artist, or if you're an artist, you will know that. You will know mm. you have to feel something to put something out. And you will know when you're just doing it to just do it. You know? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I'm, I'm going into a wilderness portion of my life, especially being like out in the desert. It definitely feels like part of that. But I, I think one of, one of the... You're not in the desert, bro. Pardon? You're not in the desert. You're in paradise. Okay, so yes, what they built <laughs> in the desert. It's, you know... But I'm not, I'm, the thing is, I'm not actually like in the middle of any of the, you know, Dubai and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm currently out in Abu Dhabi and... Um, it yeah, <laughs> it's a bit quieter out here. Um, it's it's yeah. a different vibe. I've never but been out. Of... Enough. What's that? Sorry. I've never been out in Abu Dhabi. I up until this trip, I hadn't either. When I did the tour, I just stayed in the hotel. Yeah, because where where are you gonna go, really? That's what I'm trying to say. You know. But the um, <clears throat> the mosque. Just to find that you gotta find a local strip club. Or... <laughs> the mosque is a work of art. Yeah, I need to go and see that. I've seen it from a distance, but I need to go. Something out of a Like, I was like, this is where Aladdin was living at the time. This is the palace, right? I was like, where'd you fire? Where'd you fire? (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. It's an incredible piece of work. Right. You're like, like an imam from a local mosque in, in Stoke Newington. You just like this is some bullshit. You can't go to that <laughs> come back here. You just burn it down. <laughs> oh, turn on God if that was my mosque. You know, God, you, you ain't even rate me. Stoke Newington, Nick. <laughs> Bro, you even, know, in like, Abu, even in Abu Dhabi, there are local mosques. You can imagine, like, yo, God, what did I do? But I work hard enough. I didn't say the right prayers. What's going on? The good thing is, mosque is not like 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 Christian church where we go to a church every Sunday. Because if you had a church like that in, in any town, any church in that country, you might as well sack it. <laughs> no one's coming to your church. If you ran yeah. that church, you don't even have to preach to your audience. You just have to come out and say, y'all like the building? Hey man, well, that's me. <laughs> you like this building? Yeah, well, you know God is good. <laughs> have to preach to the bible just look around you make enough money of tourism fuck the offering just like, <laughs> That's just like, change. Just like the joe lowstein joint for it this is like uh, this is yeah uh, this is, during the the i think it was one of the hurricane katrina one of those floods he wouldn't let yeah. you know he wouldn't open up the church for the homeless and people were like shocked and i was like you think his church is your little local church in the school where you where you pack the chairs up afterwards this nigga got sound systems. <laughs> but this, this guy is running basically like the O2 arena before a church. Of course. Of course. <laughs> it's going to let the homeless in. Of course they will steal. I will steal. Are you crazy? I'll steal everything in the name of Jesus. That nigga, look, that nigga got the shareholders locked the motherfucking church. <laughs> or the deacons and the trustees. <laughs> The trustees, my, my board said it's not a good idea. Well, <laughs> the moment I knew, the moment I saw the telephones in America with the Joyce Mayer, I just realized that this is just work. You lot are the best actors on deck right now. Telephones with Joyce Mayer. TV shows, you know, like the TV, 
they're all the same, you know, big stage with the one poop who had the flower on top. You've got to have the flower on the poop. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the colored flower, right? The big televangelist. Just love wishy dress. It's so, so neat, you know, the green, green with the earrings and that. Bro, it's a great marketing, bro. It's not, it's no joke, you know. It's a whole team behind this. Of course. Of and she's course, got the southern accent as well. So she, she 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 caters to that real solid Christian. She's a good Christian. Yeah. Bro, it's it's very real. It's very, very real. And to be honest, it's always been a bit weird to me, but at the same time, there's something I admire about American Christians because they really the ones that believe, they live that in every area of their life. It's not something they do on a Sunday, they live that on a Tuesday at the bowling alley. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's Christian all day, every day. And even here, even here, I've been, you know, going to a Bible study for the church, uh, for a church here in Abu Dhabi. And it's mostly Americans so far that are kind of running it. These guys are on job. These guys are (laughs) really about this. Who do you think makes the best pastors, Africans or Americans? Because I think Africans and Americans are the most highly you know you can catch they get yeah. the best bigger numbers so who do you think is the most charismatic the most charismatic who, oh yeah, who, wow who, who produces the you know america produces the most charismatic that's just without a doubt who well, says I'm, that I'm, who do you think is the most you know americans are, bro, i saw td jake say stop looking at me you play a hater you brought the whole church went left when he said you play a hater you i said whoa <laughs> Bring that off in basketball. I got something for that. <laughs> I said, I'm a tip today. I'm a Jamal Bryant because he had the whole divorce cheating case. Came to the poop. I'm still the man. I said, What? <laughs> what? Not even, I'm sorry. I've fallen short of the glory of God. Still came on and said, She, I'm still the man. So, that's hilarious. African pastors actually don't get caught with scandal. Their scandal is like, my nigga, private jet again. <laughs> but then, you know, you see, that's the weird thing. African pastors do get caught with scandal, but the scandals be mad off. It's not like you slept with somebody in the church. That's not the scandal. Like, do you know Gilbert Dea? Gilbert Dea Ministries, this guy is like a Ugandan guy or whatever. Anyway, he had a huge ministry out in London. Dude got arrested... I can't remember what he was wearing. That dude was smuggling kids, bro. Like, this is on a different level. He was doing, you know them testimonies where somebody's like, oh, I was struggling to have a child and then now I've got a child. He was doing that, but on a regular. So people kept coming to the church because it was like, oh, real miracles are happening here. I think it was smuggling kids out of Africa and giving it to, to these women. I mean, it's a lucrative business. Very lucrative, but it's child smuggling, bro. Like, literally, smuggling kids. Bro, I mean, that's one of the upsides. Because, look, Madonna took three kids from Africa. Nobody said nothing. Yeah, well, she got paperwork for them. Paperwork for them. Damn! What was the paperwork? I'm white. (laughs) Was the paper white? Nah, he he was shutting kids with no logbook, bro. Not yet. he, he ain't had the logbook on these kids. He, he could have checked the, the service history on these kids. Oh, yeah. If you got, if you follow the trade route, you must have been a madness too. Like, God, you know the money ends up in some hut in, in Kampala. <laughs> With one Absolute telephone. Matters. Yeah, yeah. Bro. But yeah, you know, African pastors are 
It'll be a madness like that. They'll be they're the ones that will be having the the the, the congregation members drinking petrol because he told them that this is what's going to heal them. You know, it's always a mad story like that. It's always the wildest, unbelievable stuff. The, the American pastors are charismatic, but African pastors trying to be funny all the time. Like they always try and bust a joke here and there. I remember, I think it was, I can't remember, I think it was Gio was preaching. It's like, you know, I don't have to be Crefro dollar or Crefro pound to, to, to say that. And the whole church started laughing. I was like, that is so poor. That is so poor. That wouldn't, that wouldn't make it open night. Bro, the comedian in me be judging these pastors like, it's come harsh. on, man. You need to get some writers on, man. You can't write Pastor everything Matthew yourself. Pastor Matthew said that. It was saying how the reason why condoms are bad, because that's why they call it condom. Whatever I told you is a con and you are dumb. Condom. And I was like, that don't even rhyme, nigga. <laughs> I was like, y'all better use them condoms. <laughs> I was like, you better get them condoms out, mate. I'll be a Christian man. You know what it'd be cool if we said now nah, the Christian brand of condom. <laughs> I don't, I can't believe if the church could sell Christian condoms, I swear down they would. What do you mean? Little Bible verses on the back. You know the all the verses from David would be the best, the best condoms. Yeah. I trust these. Because you know they'd be hitting them hoes. Right. Imagine they got the. Imagine they got the. Imagine they got the verse from where God parted from Moses parted the Red Sea, bro. <laughs> the walls of water in the sand, and the Israelites were able to pass through. <laughs> what if it's one of them fucked up verses that like, for the wages of sin is death? Oh, for fuck's sake, man! <laughs> That's just cold, man. I picked the wrong condom. Let me get the Durex. Extra special. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> Yo, seriously, like, like this is why I say Americans are really odd job because when you go to certain fast food places, like um, there's a place called In and Out Burger uh, that's all over the West Coast and parts of the South. It's owned by a Christian family, and they've printed scriptures on like the cup. It will be like hidden at the bottom. And then like the, the fries and the burger wrapper or whatever it is, they'll put little scriptures there, bro. And then, the, I mean, the guess out of intrigue, you probably go and look it up to see what it says. So I guess it's their own little marketing slash witnessing thing. But yo, you start putting scriptures on the condos, bro. <laughs> if I see, <laughs> if I see for the wages of sin is death, <laughs> that's a whole conviction. <laughs> that's mad. That's <laughs> This is, yeah, this is my wife, though. <laughs> Everything done in darkness shall come to light. God, you turn the lights on, baby. Turn the lights on. I don't want to do this in darkness. Turn out the lights. Turn them on, turn them on. Oh, shit. Oh, God. That's hilarious. Everything that's done in darkness shall come to light. <laughs> or if it says that... <laughs> he's coming back like a thief in the night like yo 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 let's go check these doors he's <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> like honor your mother and father so your days may be long like, <laughs> not right now <laughs> oh gosh oh. <laughs> that's hilarious 
<laughs> Too many verses are in the Bible, bro. <laughs> just like it's just you could just catch the most random strays. Like imagine getting a verse from Habakkuk. It's like, damn, nigga, Habakkuk. <laughs> bro, wait, wait if it was Jesus wet. Like, ah, oh God, that's cold. <laughs> You know what freaking like, yeah, she about to wet too, dog. <laughs> about to make this pussy wet. <laughs> oh gosh. Bad <laughs> oh good. Um, that's a cold one. <laughs> that's when that's when the small size condoms is the shortest verse in the Bible. <laughs> More. That's just that's how you determine the set. Can I get the um, Jesus wept brand, please? <laughs> I'm gonna be real with myself. Oh, that's funny, man. That's hilarious. Oh my goodness! And you get the double XL. You get the David and Goliath dress. Yeah, Samson. The Samson brand from the Golden Knight. Oh gosh. That's crazy. Oh gosh, you know Delilah, Delilah, that name died out swiftly. You don't want to be called Delilah. That doesn't even sound like a child. That's mad, you know, like uh, the, the idea that one person with a name does say and now nobody wants to use a name. It's like, yo, the name didn't do anything wrong. I the story though. Like just one night they're sit, sleeping and sipping and after nagging him and nagging him, she finally tells him what his secret is. You know she was giving him the best sloppy toppy of all time. <laughs> Just before he night, yo, what's your secret? My head, my head, keep going, keep going. <laughs> this. <laughs> so now the kingdom for a nut. <laughs> not the Philistine head, God. <laughs> so that the kingdom for a nut. Oh, oh, man. You know the pussy was good. It was like, man, I got to tell my secrets. <laughs> Only a good nut, only a good nut leads to pillow talk. You know, Raven shot at him, Kenny in secondary school. What? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to make it seem she was just nagging. Nah, fam. I know what time it was. You know, Delilah was a bad. She was like Rihanna them time. That's the Rihanna type of, type of girl. <laughs> Come here, rude boy, boy. Get it up. <laughs> Samson was gone. Bad. Oh, bro, that's hilarious, bro. You're killing me with these. Anyway. True, though. Like, you know how I said, it would be interesting to go through the Bible and read between the lines. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's a lot yeah. of lines. Like, so, like, you know how they said Noah's Ark couldn't have been possible because, come on, man, you're going to have, you know, you have food on, on, the, on the Ark. Bro, you're gonna be like Cedric the Entertainer at the Million Man March. It's like, when Farrah can't leave him, man, let's cue this. She will let's cue this. Hey, you have to understand, yeah, for him to show him barbecue to just let's cue him. Like, it's so slick. Let's cue him. Hey, can we do this, bro? The like whole 40 like, days, I'm you're telling me. I'm saying in cold. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's hilarious, bro. It's like, it's. Anyway, I love Cedric, you already know that. But, yo, it's, yeah. Anyway, you know, those guys were on the arc the whole time. Chicken was there, like, you know, when no one leaving, man. 
Man, the thing is, yeah, like, obviously, when, when it started raining, you know, a couple of men went to the arc. Yo, no, my bad, my bad. listen, um, I got just two chickens with me and um, the missus. <laughs> yeah, I just stay at the back. You don't even have to, like, open up like that. Like. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> the people that showed up late, like, yo, man, just, just let me sneak on in, man. I won't stay in the back. Let me so just hold on. Story, in my book of Bible stories, man, that shit blew my mind. That book blew my whole mind. Just the Bible stories were so incredible, man. Mm. You know, it was great. It was really well told in a story fashion. Like, yeah. Know, and I, I love the fact that, that with Bible stories, they work on so many different levels. So it's like, you know, when you start to really get into some of these stories and you realize how they connect with other stories and how they've got subplots and how they're written with the ending happening somewhere else and someone else writes the ending. Like, it's mad how the Bible is kind of put together. It's uh, very, very... I remember when they first showed that picture of Jesus in the temple. They said he was beating people up and turning shit over. So it was like that scene in Training Day. All right, I'm putting cases on all you. All you, but... (laughs) You ain't gonna try to do this to me. Jesus was in the temple wilding. <laughs> you know, the disciples, the disciples must have been confused. <laughs> Look at the son of God acting like a damn fool. <laughs> That's how you put to say, oh, do you know you're the son of God? Look at compose yourself. That Obama Junior joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a damn fool in the club. <laughs> All you do is carpentry things. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> just knows how to make the simple how you, your simple thoughts into yeah. our characters. Of course, yeah, man. You know, you can't be Barack Obama Jr. making it rain in the club. Look at Barack Obama Jr. acting a damn fool in the club. <laughs> you already called him Barack Obama Jr. <laughs> like that person doesn't even exist. <laughs> But you already just, you just go with him, you know? When he said the joke about the guy who threw a shoe at George Bush, it's just the way he, like, you know you know how frustrated someone has to throw a shoe at you, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way he's able to make the yeah. most simple, you know, what you can, what you will say the most. Like when he said, you know, you, the uncle that comes to the barbecue dressed in all white, and he'll be like, you know, tell your mama. Your mama. It's just classic. Tell your mama Rufus came. Like, why? Why? <laughs> you know, he knows how to present that, that character. So shout out to the king of comedy, censored. But yeah. as I was saying, it'd be interesting to go through the Bible and just really, you know, analyze a lot of the stories in, in great detail and, and, and give it a new personality of, you know, what would you, you know, can you imagine what Jesus was actually really feeling in that moment? Like walking into the temple and people are shutting in the temple. And if you look at it today, they're shot him in the temple. <laughs> and no one's wilding no more. Bro. selling books, cassette tapes. There's, there's one verse that's always, it's my favorite verse in the Bible. Uh, just because, <laughs> because it makes me laugh so much. But it is a, there's a verse in the Bible where it says, if two men are fighting and the wife of one man comes to her husband's aid by grabbing the genitals of the other man, cut her hand off and show her no mercy. And I'm like, yo, this is so specific. 
I'm so sure this actually happened that somebody went and wrote it down like, oh, oh, you just go grab my balls while I'm fighting your husband, huh? I'll show you. Okay, then. Thus says the Lord. That'll be fucked up on a condom, still. <laughs> You'd have to discuss that. Yo, baby, you just read this. Like, if you grab my balls during a, a fight, I'm supposed to... Um... <laughs> like, you'd have to discuss that. You know, what if the when you you're at a swingers party and the condom says, you know, you shouldn't cover your neighbor's wife. Oh shit. <laughs> Damn. Like who, who brought the Christian condoms to the swingers party? What's going on? What's going on, B? Oh shit. fucking a mad sexual situation. <laughs> Oh man, I might do that one day for the fun of it. Hand them out free. I remember when everyone in the, in the Nigeria said, Heaven helps those who help themselves. And someone was like, You know, that's not a Bible verse. Bro, bro, you grew up as a Nigerian Christian. There's a separate Bible that Nigerians don't run for themselves. <laughs> hey, a good um, condom for if you're trying to get a blowjob is um, God loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> Bro, what's going on? That's this, this podcast has gone too far. That's affirmation of what I'm about to go now. I knew God was healing me tonight. I put in my spirit in the club. <laughs> oh shit! That's fucked up. We're better now. Though. We're better now. Yeah. What's popping in the world besides war? I came back from Durham. On the weekend, I did a couple of shows out of town. It was in Warrington okay. on Saturday. Shout out to Warrington. Oh, the city is dead food. War- yeah, Warrington is... Uh... That city that you drive through. <laughs> the best thing about Warrington was the sign that said um, Liverpool. <laughs> M62. Wow. That, was the, that was the best thing about it. The sign the that best said... Thing, when, when I did Warrington... The best thing I, I think I had. So, so I stayed in a pub, first of all, which was... Pardon? Yeah, for the store. They put you in a pub? They didn't give me accommodation. So I found the cheapest accommodation. It was in a pub. So I stayed in the pub, came downstairs at 9 a.m. Somebody was drinking a pint. I said, golly, this is kind of time it is. But then, like, couple, like, just a, a bit further down from the pub, there's a place that sells, like healthy food like fit fam you know gym gym rack kind of food yeah and i was like this is nice i don't know what made you start this business in warrington but like i appreciate you man you, nobody's in there i was just but, the, but but the pub they're drinking 9 a.m on a sunday <laughs> how was the show <laughs> the show was decent man you know it was a good it was a good gig it was all right i don't well, know there, if you, there were the curtain at the back right yeah, 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 yeah. It was in my, yeah, it was all right. It was. I asked them, you know, what's 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 Warrington about? And they were like, quiet. I was like, yeah, fuck all. And then, <laughs> I think a lot of people, a lot of people got there for the military, right? I think there's. I have no idea. I just it know sounds like a military. They put me in the travel lodge and, and they gave me a key. Golly. did they have that huge that? Fat ass tag on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the nerve to put a fob on it so you could get through to the where the lift is. And then after that, it's 1923. <laughs> Bro, the lift 
when you press the button, listen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> when the lip had COVID. <laughs> the lip was tired. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, I interrupted this break or something. <laughs> get to the floor, and it's just, it's like, this was probably the first ever travel lodge that they built. Like, the first one. Because the carpet was, was, was whatever. You know, you go into the room, and, you know, you turn the key. It took me a while to figure out how to do that because I just, I'm just not used to turning keys in hotels. I go into the room and you know it's it's, it's just a level above prison. <laughs> like the room looked like it was set for me to commit suicide. Like you know those rooms where you just literally get the Bible out and kick the stool. That's how the room was laid out. You have to <laughs> put some flowers in that fucking room, okay? Like right now, I don't know. They didn't even put that fake artwork in there for you, bro. What I liked was room had space. And funnily enough, on Saturday morning, Sunday morning, it was a lovely day. So the Mm. sunshine was out and, you know, gave a little light into the room. So it wasn't as depressing. Um, And then I went to to Durham the next day. To get to Durham, I had to go to Manchester. And the the station I came into Manchester was Manchester, Oxford. But I had to walk to Manchester Piccadilly. On my ticket, he didn't explain. They just kept on saying Manchester to Manchester Piccadilly. So I think, how am I going to get there? I forgot I'm in Manchester. I can just walk it. And Manchester's beautiful. I was like, I'm in the city again. You know, it was a really nice, you know, I didn't realize Manchester. I, didn't, I don't walk towards that side. I walk towards the other side. So that was, that was, that was quite nice to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Manchester, actually. I, I, I think I like Manchester more than I like Birmingham. And Birmingham's supposed to be the second city. I think Manchester should be the second city. <laughs> Definitely. Much more to do. Um, and I get to Manchester, Victoria, and I went to Durham, went to York from there. The countryside of this country is beautiful. It's just absolutely mm. beautiful. Especially when you're on the train, it's a nice day. You get to really see the, the beauty of the, you know, the gardens of this country, you know? Mm. And you get to York, and Durham's a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. It's just the kind of place where if you have money, you raise a rich family kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like where an evil genius like you would go and live. I'm not that dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like you need to live in there where you're surveying the land that you have conquered. Yeah, I mean, bro, I get it 100%. You know, yeah. I've been to Durham and it was gorgeous. And, you know, it's one of these university towns. They got good yeah. quality university. In, yeah. In, in, in like the students were, were not, not, not to show, throw shade on any other city. But they weren't drunk outside of the kebab. Do you see what I'm saying? It's very sophisticated, rugby town, blazers. It was really nice to see. Yeah, man. Look, yeah, at the end of the day, you could you could make it about me being an evil genius or, or me being some kind of evil billionaire or whatever. At the end of the day, evil billionaires be having some nice things, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not just talking about like stuff or like material stuff. I'm talking about like the vibe is nice, bro. There's a reason why. They, they, they put the city together like that. It's because it's nice. Well, if I was casting you as a character, you're going to be the businessman who we should have seen was going to kill everybody in the end. <laughs> like, you're going to have the wild plot to save humanity and we just have to stop you. <laughs> this nigga, you know, like this, I, I'm just so glad, proud right now that you don't understand me right now. <laughs> No, you know, like your take on who I am is unique. I don't ever get this level of introspection, but I also don't talk to somebody for two hours every week like this. But the reason, because you understand, you understand that if the leg has to be cut off, 
so the body can remain. We just got to cut off the leg. Yeah. We, we can't be like, but the leg is, is going to help us function. No, fuck the leg. No. Bro, like if, but you know. If you were, like if you were, if you, I'm not saying you're a Putin, for instance, but you, you understand the dynamics of what power is, what power structures do, and how you have to, how you have to be within those moments. You can't just yeah. be like, I'm good and, you know, heal the world and let's all pray together. Some places like, you know, can we infect them with, you know, smallpox? That too, that too extreme. Okay, I'll pull back a bit. I'll pull back. I'm just spitballing. <laughs> just throwing things out. <laughs> no such thing is a bad idea. No such thing is a bad idea. All ideas are valuable. <laughs> you know? Like somebody made the decision to approve slavery. Somebody made the decision to wipe out the Indians. Somebody had to make the tough decision. They're not leaving, sir. We've tried to make it. They're not interested. Kill their bison. Sir, that, that, that is their sacred kid, creature. Kill all of them. <laughs> Bro, it's real. Look, yeah, I saw a story, I mean, it was yesterday, that the US is now considering buying oil from Venezuela. They spent the last however many years sanctioning this place, saying this place, these people are terrible, these people are terrible. But because the, the oil from Russia is drying up, now they need new sources. They now they're gonna now they're considering renegotiating how they see an entire nation because they know that access to oil is a huge part of the country's stability. Man. So I know that most of these moral structures that are set up are very, very flexible, depending on the situation. Today you're so, the hero, tomorrow you're Putin. So, so this is what I'm saying to you, bro. So this that, that's what I've come to understand about the world. It's not because I'm, I just want to be cold-hearted or whatever it is. It's because it, there's, there's an element to which you can talk about the world in terms of what you think it should be. But you also have to be very aware of what it is because it is what it is. And that, when you understand it is what it is, then, you could, then you're you able to... Yeah. Everybody exactly. act according to what their moral compass is. And believe me, the more you get involved in these circles that you dream of being in, where you're going to make a change, the more they test your moral compass. And the more you begin to realize you were not as strong as you thought you were. Yeah. Bro, Look at you know, yeah. He started on a path to free his people. 26 years in jail, he was like, listen, man, I'm gonna tell them whatever you need, whatever they need to hear. I'm gonna tell them whatever, the same people who put him in prison, put him in office. Right, if they had Instagram, they would have turned him into an influencer back then. He'd have been doing adverts for Nike, telling people just do it. They turned him into an influencer. Every country he went to, they gave him citizenship. (laughs) As soon as he touched down, you are a Canadian now. God damn. I didn't even (laughs) let that happen. He was doing brand deals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He was signing book deals, taking pictures with with people, going to sporting events. How is that free in South Africa? Nigga doing speeches around the world. Yeah, yeah, but um, we're still in bondage, dog. Let's burn some buildings. <laughs> Bro, you know, you know? and what you're saying is real because I get to observe it in my sister because she's one person who's growing up in as close to the same circumstances as me. So even if I can't see it in myself, I observe her. And there's times when I'm watching her, I'm like, yo, this is a cold individual, like, if she, if this girl really understood power, like, and she does, if this girl really knew what she what to do with power, like, we would all be in trouble. And there was one time in particular that she was 
she was a manager in a place. She got her friend a job. And so she, it's now an odd situation where she's friends with this person, but she's also this person's boss. So this person is, her friend is now kind of like a go-between between her and the employees. So she's hanging with the employees when they're all kind of saying what they, you know what employees say about the boss are, oh, you know, this person's this, they're that, they're tough. This, and they're not really liking my sister. So her friend basically comes to tell her that like, yo, you know, these, this is what so-and-so was saying about you and they're not really liking you as a manager, blah, blah, blah. And my sister's like, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Like, I, I, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. She's like, yeah, I'm okay with that. And she was like, yeah, but you know, like if you, if you're, if you're going to be a manager and you know, people don't like you, it's going to, you know, you're not really going to have many friends when you're like, you know, succeeding. And my sister said, yeah, it's lonely at the top. <laughs> I just bring that up to her from time to time because I'm like, that's one of the coldest things I've ever heard from a human you know being. During the Wimbledon days, the early days when Venus and Serena were coming up, people don't understand being two black women who are who are not gonna be who are dead, who dad whose dad raised them to be proud black women. Those are the worst type yeah. of black women that are in a white setting. They are proud to be who they are, not even just black, just who they are. And yeah. a lot of that times they they assume they saw them as standoffish. You know how the media tries to create a, 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 a you know a vibe about you. And in the press conference, they said to her, you know, people say you're not really friendly in the locker room. And she said, I didn't come here to make friends. God damn, my chest. Woo. <laughs> so I came Woo. into a tournament. God. Woo. Hey, whoever played her next just looked at her coach like, ah, I'm out. <laughs> She didn't want to be friends. My goodness, bro. So you know when she's whooping you, you're taking it. You're actually taking it personal. Because she says, I don't want to be friends. Came to win, bro. But that's what, that's, if you look at Westbrook, I don't know if you heard the, the, the stories of Russell Westbrook. And he's taking a lot of heat from fans and so on. And his wife came out and tweeted, talking about, you know, it's not on and, you know, the abuse they're receiving, you know, getting death threats. I think I, I'm... Quoting what I've probably seen, I don't know if it's death threats, but you know, you know, death threats is just, I wish you all die. I'm getting death threats. Okay. But he doesn't seem to understand. And I wanted to know what you think in terms of, um, you know, sports people who receive abuse from the fan base that can be extensive. You know, I hope your kids die or, you know, your shit wanker, your mom's a whore or whatever. What yeah. do you think in terms of that? <clears throat> is there an entitlement for the fans of that? because you're earning astronomical wages, or should the fans be more compassionate to a craft that you can't do? Hit me. I think regardless of who the person is, everybody has to have their own personal ethical or moral code. And I don't see how anyone could uphold an ethical moral code that says it's okay for me to speak to another human being that way. Take aside, I'm trying to take aside the fact that he's rich and he's a sports person, blah, blah, blah. I don't think any person can honestly say like, I think it's a good idea or it's a wise thing to do, or it's a moral thing to do, to message somebody that like, I, I hope your kids get eaten out by maggots. Like that's just a, a, a terrible thing to say <laughs> to somebody. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so the fact that people use his money to to justify it that you know is something that I've always kind of I've always looked at people sideways when they kind of go 
when they they assess how much you should be able to put up with. I mean, like if we do it as a comedian, you say, look, oh, they might they're paying them. Uh, I'll sit on the bench. I'll wax the bench. I will build the bench. You know that the joke from Deaf Comedy Jam. Like that's a joke. Then that's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is that people go, people basically take it like because your life is good, I have the right to try and make it worse because it's good enough as it is for you. So it's okay to like steal from somebody because they already have a lot of money or it's okay to like say mean things to them because they get a lot of love and adulation from their fans. I don't think, I think that whole thing is just an absolute shameful excuse for being a shameful human being. If you want to be like, I don't, I don't have it in me to go and message him. You're a piece of trash. I hope your wife gets blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. So you have to ask yourself, whether he has money or not, what is in you that makes you want to go and say that to somebody? That's wild. He's playing bad. Bro, I, think he's, problem, I think the problem is with, with Russell Westbrook, he never takes accountability for how bad he's playing. Mm. Like he said in an interview, I came in with no expectations. That already is, 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 is a slap in the fan's face. Because you don't go to a franchise like the Lakers with no expectations. It's like you telling Simon at the comedy store, I bummed tonight because I just came here with my new material. He's not going to accept that. You're supposed to treat this place as a place where you bring your best. And for Russell Westbrook, to whom much is given, much is expected. The abuse he receives is because people actually think he's better than what he's doing. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? There's players in the league who don't even get abuse because it's a lost cause for you. They wish they were getting abuse. It means at least <laughs> some people are Like some people yeah. abuse you. They're just going to be like, keep trying, player. <laughs> and so... There is that, there is that, <clears throat> I do believe people can cross the line. And, but I do, like I said, like you just said earlier, there's an ideal world that we can live in, but there also is what it is. And the moment you open up a Twitter and a social media platform, the same way you want to ball out on that platform, people have the right to cuss you out on that platform. Well, okay, so I think people have the right to say what they like. They also have the right to, deal with what the fallout of what they say is. And so if the platform, because the platform's owned by a private company, so the private company can decide that what you're saying is not what we want our platform to be about. So first of all, any death threats, you get canceled or blah, blah, blah. Now there are some, in some countries, there are laws about this. So like you can't harass people in the UK and, you know, so there may be a legal aspect to this. But in terms of, for him, I, I, you know, in terms of like morals and ethics, I don't think that he deserves it because he's playing poorly. Because that would be to say, if we're just going to simply take a, a principle... He deserves abuse. Just, he deserves abuse. But don't take it too far. That's the truth. Um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say abuse. He, he deserves... Let me, hard, let me define you can, abuse. You, let me you define can make it. Okay. Make it, define it, bro. Because he can't play in England, if that's the case. I'll give you abuse. Harry Kane plays for, for Tottenham. Arsenal mm -hmm. fans hate Tottenham, okay? Mm -hmm. Hate them. They came up with a song. Harry Kane has a lisp when he talks, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when he's talking, he just, he, he just, God forgive me, for lack of a better word, he, he, sounds, he sounds stupid, right? And so the Arsenal fans came up with a chant. Because um, Tottenham fans sing, he's one of our own, he's one of our own, Harry Kane, he's one of our own. 
So Austin finds Kevin Williams. Harry Kane, Harry Kane. Hold on, hold on. For no reason. Okay, so in that situation, they're perfectly within their rights. I don't think, I think mockery is different. You're allowed to be mocked. But he's not doing anything wrong. You're playing bad. And you don't want to be mocked. You don't want to be booed. No, I, I think he, I think I think he, he has every right to be booed. He has every right to be mocked for, for okay. playing poorly. Well, they're calling every, him Westbrook. Yes. He said but, he said people are going up to his kids, calling saying Westbrook. Yeah, that's I mean to his kids. The kids didn't do enough. Kids ain't kids ain't take no in, shots, man. In school, in school. Yeah, but okay, so that in school, kids, kids in school, man. Come on, man. If it's not Westbrook, it's your nose. <laughs> this is, I'm not going to deal with because school's different rules, man. I'm just saying, you can't have grown adults from the game like running up on these kids like no, ball. No. <laughs> you know, no, so, but in, in in school, that's a different. You're playing in a superstar city, okay? Yeah. You're stinking at the gym. You're going to lunch with the missus or whatever. You don't think people gonna be looking at you like, nigga, shoot a free throw, goddamn it! You don't think so, huh? You know, you won't be able to act like nothing's going on, <laughs> bro. Um, yeah, I, yeah, no. No, yeah, no, no, you're right. There's going to be mockery. There's going to be mockery. And I think that's part and parcel of the job. What I meant by abuse is when it when you get to the point of just mean-spirited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know when it gets there anyway. If you're saying, nah, man, your game's terrible right now, or if you're saying, if you're West Bricket, I think it's actually pretty good. If he's, if he's <laughs> shooting, you know what I'm saying? If he's throwing up bricks, then... Yo, you kind of your name kind of set it up. Take it. You're on 40 million a year, dog. You can't trip. Bro, no, if they could in, in how long were Arsenal fans themselves saying Arsenal? How how many um, people so your own fans can be like yo, this is it's uh, part and parcel of the game. And he and he's he's a coach, he's a manager. He, he, he probably didn't get into the game to be in a spotlight, he actually wanted to manage a team. But if the, the fans don't like you, the fans are gonna say that. If they now said Arsenal, you piece of, I'm gonna, you know, tear your, I'm gonna burn your house down. That's when it goes too far. Cause now it's not even about you're not performing. Now it's just threats and, and mean spirited. Yeah. So that's, I think that's clarified. Um, who was Man United playing on the weekend? Man City. No, who did Leeds play? Leeds played Leicester. I can't remember who Leeds were playing. If someone was playing Leeds, who's a Manchester, I think it was Manchester versus Leeds. And um, they were saying, Mason Greenwood, he's a rapist, he's a rapist. And then the Man United fans responded, Mason Greenwood, he's from Yorkshire, he's from Yorkshire. Hey, football environments are crazy. Hey, and that's why my joke is so funny because it's like, how can you say no monkey chops when you've heard that? <laughs> yeah, man, these guys have been drinking since Thursday. Yeah. Um, it's wild. I wouldn't have the confidence to even mention Mason Greenwood. They didn't give a shit. We're trying to win. And the fans responded. Bruh. <laughs> it's finest. You better that, though, man. Bruh, if I was on the opposing fans, I'd be like that. Go come back. Go far and come back. Yeah, yeah man. It's really in the field, man. They met, once Mason, if Mason Greenwood come back, comes back to football, once he touches the ball, 
It's, he might have just he, he's going to play one touch football for the rest of his life. <laughs> don't run with the ball because <laughs> soon as he's just going to hear it. Bruh. Bruh. They're going to ease that nigga back in. <laughs> it's going to be like you're trying to get the pussy that's going to ease it. <laughs> like he was doing with his girlfriends. No, 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 The point I was about to make is like, it's gonna, it, like, everything he does is gonna be viewed through that lens. It's never gonna be separated. It's gonna be a case of like, oh, he, right? missed the pen- he missed the penalty. Oh, at the one time we actually want him to get it in. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, it's always gonna be everything, bro. You know what can wash his sins away? If he wins the World Cup for England. That's the only way he can redeem himself. If he wins the World Cup for England, bro, and then this country is bad. Just cry and say, you know, I'm, I made such a big mistake. I just wanted to do this for my country to show how sorry I was. He's going to be Sir Mason Greenwood. Right. This, the way this country is, yeah? The way they will, they will spin it, bro. They Post will... the point for forgiveness. Bro, they will say the girlfriend was getting in the way of his greatness. <laughs> Yo, the spin will be so different, and that just shows you how fickle human beings really are. How how much it shows that you don't really care. That's that's the point I was making about the US and Venezuela. You spent the whole time saying these people are terrible country, but when you need the oil, then it's like, okay, well maybe they're not so bad. Yeah, bro, if they the way they yo, if he if he lifts that trophy. That 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 and holding the ball, shape, bro. They will make sex toys out of this guy. They will uh, flip he, in, he, turn he, this guy into a legend. You can be like this. Hey, there's no limit to this story. <laughs> we finna do a tour, nigga. Bruh. His book, his book will come out, Mason Greenwood, from the bottom, from the bottom back. No, on the right side of football, because you know he plays on the right hand side, on the right side. Back on the right side. Back on the right side, yeah? That's the one. <laughs> Back on the right side of history. Back on the right bro, side of football. Bro, they will spin that story like a motherfucker. That's the only uh, way he can redeem himself. Now, on the other hand, if he plays a stinker, oh my God. That's, the, that's why you're a Nigerian guy. That's why you're a lipist. Bro. <laughs> Whoa! Just because he missed <laughs> That was a difficult chance. <laughs> oh, you can't leave it down. You can't leave it down. Uh, yeah. Even Kobe be... could it down. Kobe died in the helicopter with his daughter. Motherfuckers are like, yeah, when you know he was a we have to say he was a rapist. You're like, God damn! He died with his daughter. Now what do you want from the, what you bitches want from a nigga? The buddy, let me know. That's how I'm wild it already... is. Right. Yeah, man. It took a lot. I, I really, it took. A, I really tried to understand. Um, that at that moment, I really lost the love for social media. Started to realize what it can generate in me, because yeah. when I saw someone post that, let's remember that he was a rapist and that he was charged with, you know, and I was like, man, that's that's a cold place to be, man. Like you heard a man passed away with his daughter in a helicopter accident, and you're just trying to highlight something for some some attention. Like, it's cold, man. 
It's quite well. Yeah. It, it, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's happened uh, with a few other sort of celebrities that have died. It's kind of a, a chance for people to now go and revisit the worst parts of them. And, and, and to be honest, you know, I, it's something I've never really questioned, but it's something that is kind of, I've just known, um, which is that when somebody dies, you only speak of them in good terms. We don't speak ill of the dead. They don't have a chance to defend themselves, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the idea that like somebody would die and then you start talking a madness about them is kind of a very new concept to me. In fact, one of the funniest things I remember from my childhood was an episode of Desmond's where he has to go and speak at somebody's funeral. And pardon? Mystic's funeral. Yeah. And he, and he gets up there and he's like, he was a thief. He was a liar. And a god yeah. <laughs> And I remember that it stuck in it. Like, like, we, mm-hmm. we, we repeated like that. Yeah. So we repeat that throughout my childhood. Like my sister, I always joked about that. He was a thief. He was a liar. Because it was so taboo to do. But now, I don't feel like people have those principles in place or anything like that. So anything goes. So yeah, you know, people. I, I think it makes sense now. People are just gonna consistently find the worst thing you ever did. New concept, you know. As soon as a rapper dies, man, we need to stop killing each other. Like my nigga, we're not killing each other. <laughs> we're not killing each other, bro. Like you're just over. You're exaggerating. Oh, what's going on, man? Death. It's it's, it's, it's been going. It's not new. Right. Covid was new. Death wasn't. Bro, people, people will be mourning a rapper that got shot and to remember him in his memory, they'll play his songs about shooting niggas and, and play that back to themselves. It's just, it's just part and parcel of it, bro. Like, I, 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 would, I still listen to Tupac songs about pulling the Glock out on people and, you know, I didn't particularly cry when he died or whatever, but, you know, there is a hypocrisy in it, man. Is there? Because it's art. It's like saying a filmmaker who made Pulp Fiction now he gets shot. He's, he's a hypocrite, no? Well, of course not. Um, you know, there, there is an element to which, it, oh, yes, it is. Like it is art. None of the things they said in their songs were true. <laughs> it was a, a personification of what was, you know, going on. But, like, I swear Tupac really pulled out the strap on, on cops and fired at cops. To defend somebody. He didn't just walk up to a bunch of people and say, yo, I'm Tupac. What, sorry? They were driving somewhere. This man was having an altercation with two. They weren't, nobody even knew they were cops because they were two white men who went off, they were off duty. And Park always had this thing to defend black people. So he jumped out the limo and went to help the guy. He didn't know they were police until afterwards. But people be telling Tupac stories to sensationalize him. That time when Tupac walked into the prison and knocked out 40 guards, that, that, that didn't happen. It's just anything. No, okay, but... And that's what Park kept on saying. Everybody attaches things to my image. That when they see me, yeah. it's like, Hi. it's like, yo, what up, Pop? No, no, I'm gonna shoot you. Hi, <laughs> you know. Okay, but you know, with Pop, like, he's got a song called "Open Fire." Yes, open fire. And then, and then, like, a story comes out about him opening fire on some off-duty cops. Yes. The line between where his art is and who he is as a person okay. just you thins just out. Me separate timelines. Open Fire came out after he died. He didn't mm. believe that song. I know, I know. But what I'm saying to you is, 
there's if, if people are going to look for a pattern or if people are going to look, which is what human beings are trained to do, right. we all look for patterns in everything because that's how we understand the world and make shortcuts. So if a man is talking about a thing and his life looks like it matches up, I, I think the line between the art and real world kind of gets blurred more and more. And especially when it comes to rappers, because a big tenet of hip hop is how real you are. Like I'm the realest nigga out here. Even so if, it's still, a, it's, a, it's an image that's sold. Yes. So we we know that we even though he's saying I'm the realest nigga out here, we still have to apply a level to it. Even that real is a story. Even juice, man, fruit, man shot his best friend. That that was the character Bishop. Wasn't actually him, him. But I hear you play it. It's like Jay Z has killed just as many people in his songs. As the next man, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Method Man has killed just as many. Nas has killed just as many. They're still alive. But don't get me wrong, I understand what you mean. Tupac was um, was blurring the lines between... I mean, he said he had no fear. You know, he was living life without fear. He actually said it, you know, living my life thinking no man can hurt me. You know, and, and I guess that was a very dangerous place to be anyway. You know, mm. um, you know Snoop had murder was the case. He's now Uncle Snoop. So, um, but I understand what you're saying because people did take all of those. It's funny because Ice Cube, this white guy, one of my white friends like to me, I thought Ice Cube was the hardest guy in the world. Like I believed that. And I was like, raw. But isn't it ironic that the movies Ice Cube made were all comedies? I mean, not hard movies, not gangster killing movies. He made Friday, he made Barbershop. Do you see what I'm saying? This is actually a creative person, but because of the circumstances he's found himself in, in Compton in America, he has to represent that image, you know? Yeah, very, very, yeah, very, this, very good. And that's what I tell people. That's what I was saying to you about politicians. They're all salesmen. They're all salesmen. They're all selling you something. And that's why the image has to work. If Barack Obama had a white wife, he's not going to the White House. Simple as. Because they knew black women wouldn't vote for him. Oh, you put Michelle Obama in? Oh, shit. As soon as the opposing team saw Michelle Obama, for fuck's sake, <laughs> they were like, God, these niggas have gone in. You saw the opposing team was a pale white couple. Oh, hell no. She couldn't even do the shoulder move. <laughs> they weren't nudging at the press conference. They weren't dusting shoulders off. The moment um, Obama dusted his shoulders off, I voted. And I'm not even American. <laughs> I went to the post office. Yo, I want to vote for Obama. Excuse me. I want to vote, fam. With a ballot because it was such yeah. a good sell, such a good sell, yeah. You know, and then what was Donald Trump's campaign? It's never gonna happen, it's not possible, it's not gonna happen. What the fuck? <laughs> this shit happened, <laughs> and then you have crazy president. Biden is the worst one because his president is. You know what? You know that dead season that, you know, I don't think I'm going to be watching the elections no more. You know, I like this season has been dead, fam. That's what Biden's going through right now. Kamala Harris, golly. She's that character they wrote out the story early. Like, I need to bring that Kamala character back, you know? I ain't seen in the series in a while. Yeah. COVID killed the whole, like, the writers have been on strike. You know what I mean? Like, like June 24, there was a season where the writers went on strike. That season was trash. Yeah. That's what's going on now with the Biden, the Biden period. In, in yeah. fact, England's winning war. Their, their, their season's going great. 
But Biden's presidency is more about Trump not being president than Biden yeah. to be president. Yeah, they're right in retrospective. <laughs> you know, every yeah. episode when they've killed off that good character that we all love, but every episode they're using him like in the music. Yo, is he gone or not? They did hella flashbacks. They did hella flashbacks. Yeah, <laughs> flashbacks. <laughs> just to keep it in the show. Yeah, because Biden's presidency is just dead. It's the worst character. No, there's nothing, nothing special about him. The war hero story is like, you know, I nigga, damn. <laughs> you know when that when that guy's used up all his war 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 um, hero minutes, like you know, the first time I bowled, let me go first. You know, I was a war hero. Yeah, 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 safe that, safe that. And then he's like, ah, oh, bruv, come on, man. Ah, oh, everybody was a war hero. Ah. <laughs> Another funny story on the weekend. Do you know, you know the footballer Ericsson? Yeah. The one that had the heart issue. Yeah, yeah. Face making his heart. He signed for Brentford. Now his first game was against us, against Newcastle. And yeah. I was like, okay, you know, I was happy to see him on the pitch, but I wanted my team to win. But part of me was like, you can't, you can't tackle this brother. <laughs> you can't foul Ericsson. What kind of person are you? Bro, on the weekend, I can't remember who it was that like tussled with him. They went to the floor, and when he realized it was him, yeah, I'll be mad at him right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anything on the pitch. Free kick, we don't leave there. You're just evil, blood. (laughs) (laughs) I I just want to know how long is that gonna last? (laughs) You know, when you're losing the game, yo, I'm gonna check this nigga heart for real. It's a dirty game, right? You know, you know, the ones where it's like, yo, yeah, we won free deal, eat your heart out. Whoa, 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 whoa. that's Ericsson, man. Don't say that. That's it. Was just so funny how that guy was gonna, was gonna switch, and he looked at it. Oh, it's Ericsson, exactly, exactly. It was just like, even Ericsson had to laugh, like, what the fuck. That was so hilarious. It's such a beautiful moment in football because it just reminds you that these people are human. So you reckon you reckon Ericsson could kick a cat right now? <laughs> Ruff? Yes. They will spin it. He's frustrated. The, the heart monitor be sometimes it sends the glucose blood through the ancient pins, which influences us to create violently. <laughs> These are the side effects for pacemakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't be wrong, bro. That moment in football, the whole... Yeah, I love the commentators, isn't it? It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter about the game anymore. It's really all about what's going on right now. In your mind, you're like, nigga, it's about the game. Because mm. <laughs> somebody got to win. Hey, Ola, it takes that cold person, you know? It takes that cold person. That guy on the other team that would say, come on, guys, yeah, come around, guys. Hey, yo, these niggas is going to be shook. Now is the time. Put it on them. <laughs> it takes that. Right. It takes that cold coach to see a player lying down and get medical attention and carry his players and say, "Hey, listen, when we reset, I'm on blood." <laughs> Bro, it takes a cold manager to see your own player down and be like, "Man, I guess we got to sell him then." <laughs> we got a title. <laughs> you, think, you think the manager was like, "You can see the clipboard." Okay, so we gonna bring on. <laughs> he might be dying, huh? Okay, uh-huh. so he gone. He gone. Um, <laughs> Michael, be in the hole. You're gonna be in the hole. 
But it's, you know, they had to, they had to stop, they had to stop the game. <clears throat> they had to stop the game. Yeah. And do like a little recess because, you know, it, it would have taken a lot on the players emotionally. You know, you have to go into the dressing room and you kind of have to be that coach that, listen guys, you know, we all know this is a game. We all, we all realize right now how precious life is. You know, don't let this moment pass you by. Go out there and use this. They're vulnerable right now. <laughs> coach, I'm sorry. What I mean is, you know, we're on the streets make war. You reckon they've updated his FIFA character, like yo, like post pacemaker Ericsson. Now, now his pace is on one hundred. <laughs> no, they're gonna add injury prone to his to his traits. That's cool. Imagine, imagine you played a man collapses in the game. You're like, oh, not again, Eric. You know the maddest thing, yeah? There's a cut scene in FIFA when you get like a bad tackle, but they've played yeah. on. And then the referee blows to stop the game, and you see the cuss in the guy is holding his leg on the floor. If that happened to Ericsson, I'll panic. Oh shit! In the game. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, you know, in computers they used to give you that bonus stage where you could earn some extra points between uh, player levels. What if they start adding in like footballers' uh, storylines? In FIFA, there's like bonus stages, like there's a cat kicking stage, and there's like a <laughs> duck out of the press, uh, Mason Greenwood stage. There's, <clears throat> I mean, I, yeah, like, bro, it's, it's coming, it's coming. The bad thing about um, it's part and parcel of football. Ericsson thing is when it happened, man, you did get that sense of at the end of the day, man, we all understand that life is something precious, you know. Because mm. we all prayed, man. We all were like, no, nah, man. Like, God, please just let this guy get up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, and sometimes it makes you... I think it, it, it brings out something in humanity that says, you know, even if I'm so wrapped up in this game, there's something that's more important, which is that before we're, you know, one nation or the other, before they're an enemy or an opposition, we're all humans, man. And that's a beautiful thing, definitely. Um, speaking of which, I uh, I applied for World Cup tickets and I got them. To, now, to Qatar. Pardon? Yeah. yeah, to Qatar. One second. Yeah, again. yeah. What's that? You're recording again. <laughs> I paused it so that we wouldn't have to listen I to you. In a while, man. Bro, I don't, know, I don't know whether to pay for these World Cup tickets or not. But I figured Qatar's up the road. I didn't think I was actually going to get the tickets. Now it's like, yo, I had to come and drop £500 on tickets. How much are they? I only got like £500 worth. How many? I think it's for like three or four games, maybe four games or so. Two tickets each game. Is it worth it? Are you gonna go? Which game? They're they're all um, qualifiers for Nigeria. Okay. When do you have to pay? Back? <laughs> I don't even know if Nigeria is gonna show up, bro. <laughs> when, the, yeah. when do you have to pay by? Twenty uh, first of March. We um, we're playing Ghana. 
I know. That's that's what's gonna decide whether we make it down though. Yeah. Yeah, so five hundred pounds for tickets. God. Bro, that's 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 even like I picked the cheapest completely. There's people spending big money on these tickets. And the, the thing is, you know, for some people it's a matter of like you buy it and then someone else is gonna come and buy it off you for even more. That works. But I was like, you know, this is when am I gonna be like up the road from the World Cup like this? Like, you know, it's a six hour drive from Abu Dhabi to Doha. That's like I've never driven it before, but it's like London to Manchester in terms of time. But the roads must be incredible. Maybe not though. It, it's probably just right through the desert. Nobody cares, you know. Maybe they don't maintain those roads as well. I don't think that you drive six hours in the desert. Well, I'm just saying that the roads might not road be. Signs, What's that? Sorry. It must be road signs. You say it's like Manchester to Birmingham. It must be a, an expressway. This is Abu. This is the UAE. No disrespect them. You know those roads yeah. probably have like a, 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 a hidden like magic carpet that can just carry you through to the service station. Not the magic carpet, but it's the second Aladdin, <laughs> Aladdin reference in this. <laughs> you know, now, you know, on the on the way to the to the there's there's dancing and Ali 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 Oh man, you gotta get my my residency revoked. <laughs> the I'm gonna Google that and see if it's actually like a you know like a jago from Birmingham to London. Shit, six hour drive, that's long, you know. Yeah, that's what I said. I said London I'm to Manchester is six hours. No, it's not. It is. What do you mean? No, it's not. It's four hours. Even that, it's not even four hours, it's like three hours and thirty minutes. Whoa, 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 whoa. What kind of speeds are you doing on the motorway, bro? It's three hours. It's not four hours. When I get on a coach from London to... That's because it's the coach. <laughs> if you drive it, it's not that long. Okay. Driving to Newcastle is four hours. Driving to Newcastle is how long? Four hours. Four hours? No yeah. way, bro. Newcastle is near Scotland. I'm saying it's more than that, bro. No, no, no. It's four hours. I'm driven to Newcastle, Newcastle, bro. Yeah, it's about four hours. I'm driven to Newcastle. So, okay, so when so if when I'm taking a coach and it takes nine hours, it's the coach. To... Wait, so you're saying that if I was in a car, it would take half as long, less yeah. than half as long? Yeah, because you know you're not driving at the coach speed. You're leaving that coach. Wow, mad. The coach doesn't. Drive. Have you not driven in the mall when you when you see those when you see those coaches and you're like, see ya. Yeah, no, obviously I've overtaken a coach before, but not to the point where it's like this coach is taking nine hours to do a journey I do in four. That's mad. There's no way it's London. You can drive from you're driving London to Newcastle in four hours. That's nuts, bro. Let, let me put it into, into Google Maps. I can't believe that, bro. I can't believe that. Four I might say four hours, you know. From, from Abu Dhabi, it's gonna be longer though, though. <laughs> oh really? Good, uh, London to, to Newcastle upon time. Four hours and forty-three minutes. Four hours and fifty-eight minutes. What? Oh, I thought like 
So what that means, basically, man could basically drive to, you could be in Scotland in about six hours then. Scotland's about eight hours by driving, about eight, nine hours. Okay, yeah, that, okay, yeah, 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 that does make sense. No, it's, it's, it's Edinburgh that's nine hours. That's the one that's Edinburgh nine hours. Nine hours yeah, Not yeah, 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 no, no, I, I got that messed up. I got that messed I'm up. going to Somerset, that's three and a half hours. Golly, bro, is it worth it? Okay, all right. Yeah, that's the only reason I said yeah. Yeah, I guess you just sometimes you have to just wrap it out. For plus, and plus, I'm gonna go with my friend. She's gonna come with me, so I'll ah. drive. Okay, the road trip vibes. Yeah, because that's that's the only way I was gonna say yes, and the money was decent. And I figured if I can bring a friend, I won't be alone because I don't really want to drive alone. It's really depressing. It can be, but no, you can get a good podcast lineup or audio book. I don't have patience like that. Fair play. I, I prefer my mind to wander. It keeps me, it keeps me active. Having to focus makes me just lose my mind. What's the furthest you've driven to? Uh, it was uh, LA to Phoenix, Arizona. In England. Eight out in England. Um, right into South London. <laughs> nah, I think I think the the maybe is to. Um, Preston or somewhere like that. Lancaster. Hey. No, I did um, Blackburn. Blackburn, I think, is the longest. I've never been to Blackburn. Yeah, I did a gig in Blackburn. And the maddest thing is I did it on a day when it had snowed. By the time oh. I hit Birmingham, I was like skidding in the, in, on the motorway. I was like, why did I do this? And it was, I had just got the new car as well. And I was just, yeah. I called them before I left like, Y'all still gonna do this show? Like, please tell me it's cancelled. They said, nah, we're getting ahead with the show. So I, I, I did the drive, bro. That's dangerous, bro. It was dangerous. You know, I drive in our snow. The worst one was when I went to some village and I didn't put petrol in the car. And I was trying to get petrol. But I went to the petrol station that was close to the venue. Silly me thinking, you know, yeah, I'll just get petrol and drive back to London. Not realizing this is a village. That petrol station is not going to be open. And it was a mad drive to the petrol station. So I ended up burning petrol to get there and it's not open. All right, fuck it. I'm just going to have to get out of here. I start going. And I'm trying to whiz out of here. But this is the scary part. It was on them A roads where there's no, um, it's not a motorway. It's an A road that's going to lead yeah. to a motorway. Oh, the only thing I was praying was, God, please don't let me break down here. Because this is where white people kidnap you and sell you back to some slave, some hidden slave kingdom that we don't know about. <laughs> I got on the motorway, finally, and I was trying to whiz, no petrol stations, I was fuming. So I broke down, but I broke down that Dartford tunnel. So I called, my, I called Caleb and he had me come and bring a petrol and I just loaded up and drove home. Life is a journey, man. Life is a journey. Oh, At some point, you know, as a writer, or a creator, you tap into those moments. It gives your the story you're telling some kind of zeal. If you wanted to go on a detour, you can now explore that, you know, breaking down what was it like standing on the side of that road? 
you know, what if that's one, that's one of my worst fears, bro? I, I, I hate the idea of like running that petrol up, bro. You know, people die like that, you know. Okay. They, they call it they call it they call it death by sat nav. So basically, like there's there's Some people in the states getting stabbed. What the fuck? What do you See, you know people die like that. Like, people die like many things, bro. I know, but no, not many people can consider the fact that like some people have followed the satnav into the desert completely afar uh, in the most remote areas and have they run out of fuel and they're stuck and they end up dying out there. I was in um, the A, A42. <laughs> There's was, was no desert, so um, I can't relay. And where I broke down was the Dartford tunnel area. Plenty of lights, plenty of people. <laughs> <laughs> There was no reason for me to die today. Yo, bro, you, you said signal to call Caleb. I'm talking when about I, people, people I, driving off to where there's no I signal. Get, when I get nothing. to heaven, God would be like, why didn't you just call somebody? I know, Lord. This is death by sadness. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, a harrowing story. You and your hypotheticals, man. You just have to go left. Motherfucker drove into the desert right now. What, what were you doing in the desert with no petrol? Your bitch ass. Bro, people, people be following just whatever the satnav says to do. They just follow. I've, um, I've been like that as well. Yes, everybody knows you have to follow the stars. You want back to stop saying there's a star of a Bethlehem. <laughs> we three kids. What if you did that and you ended up in Bethlehem? I'm in Bethlehem, nigga. <laughs> Yo, that's where Jesus was born. I'm gonna go find the inn. <laughs> hey, what do you think the inn's doing now? <laughs> you think it was passed on to generations? Like, remember, Jesus was born. Like, this inn runs in our family business. <laughs> right, imagine, imagine they've got the same key system as the travel lodge in Warrens. Imagine when you walk into the inn now, they got that, that little fucked up mini bar with a sports screen in there, and they got a cost of coffee in there because business is slow. They're trying to they're trying to merge. <laughs> Jesus' room is just not bringing in the toys he used to. You know, now that people are really atheists and not believing in God, we're just not getting the numbers we used to get in. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So. Uh... Basically, to what I was telling you, there's a there's an old Guardian article from 2016 about death by GPS, and um, yeah, it's basically just people relying on it, driving into Death Valley uh, in the US, and they decide to take a scenic road, and they just kind of get stuck. They no no network, no fuel. It uh, sounds like the it, What's that? It sounds like the Bermuda Triangle shit. Well, do you believe in the Bermuda Triangle? I'm not really believing or anything like that. There's probably stuff that we don't know, but I don't know if it's anything like mystical. You were flying and your captain said, We're going to be fine over the Bermuda Triangle. I'll be like, Okay, let's not take any chances. We don't need to find out today. Like, you could do that on your own time. Can we stick to the pre-approved flight path? Said that for banter. I'm just playing, no. you know, gotcha. <laughs> I, I'm punching him in the face. You can't even yeah. punch him because he has to find the plane. He 
you just gotta let you just gotta dust it off. And that was cold, pilot. <laughs> when we get on the ground, I'm messing you up, man. Open your ass. <laughs> Don't let me catch you at, at customs. <laughs> There's just some jokes you can't do on the plane. Some songs you can't play on the plane. You can't play Mary J. Blige. I'm going down. No, fam. We ain't doing that. Say higher, higher. Higher, Jesus, higher. I want to hear that shit. Boom. Shake, shake, shake the room. Sink, 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 sink. Boom. <laughs> oh, shit. That's the worst song you can play on the playroom, boy. Oh, God. All the, all the songs with higher in it. You have to play that. Any songs with lower in it, it's not getting played. <laughs> oh, man. When are you back? Uh, I get back. Uh, uh, not this week, week after. So, no, yeah, not, not next week, week after. I'll be back for a bit and then. Hey, but I've laughed too hard, you know. What's the, what's the name of the podcast? What's the Tupac call? I mean, yeah, very good point. I mean, we didn't, we didn't tap in at the time. We should call it Hearts, of, Hearts of Men. <laughs> and we called it Hearts of Men before. We called it It's a Dirty Game. We should call it Hearts of Men because of Ericsson. <laughs> that link is mad. It's <laughs> cold, isn't it? It's a dirty game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that song's for Ericsson, The Hearts of Men. You fuck with, but no, you don't fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> the tackles get wild, y'all. Oh man! Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Hearts a minute is there. Oh, you know the maddest thing. Even the first line. Yeah, that's another song. Oh yeah, is it nine one one? It's an emergency. That's crazy. That's the first line of Hearts of Men. <laughs> oh. Nine one one is an emergency. Man. I mean, you know, that's that's just appropriate. That's the hospital, everything. Bro, you know this was supposed to this this show was supposed to be completely free format. Um, you know, like we very loose, no real structure or blah blah blah. Somehow, somehow, every episode seems to have a certain structure in it. We have the two part quote, we've agreed on that part. But somehow, somehow, we're going to end up saying this is dirty game, y'all. There's going to be some genuine slander. There's going to be... What's some genuine slander, though? Bro. I said he's the sexy one you can't trust. Yeah, but you, you made it sound like if, if a girl brings home genuine, then it's like... Like she's done a bad job. Like, you can't bring home genuine. No, 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 she's done a bad job. It's just as a brother, you're gonna panic. As a father, if you're a father, your daughter brings home a genuine type nigga, you're gonna cry. Because you already know. The moment you see those slick side brows and the chisel jaw with the sideburns, good afternoon, Mr. Mr. Bob Jamie, I'll be like, get your ass out of my house. Hell no. You ain't, want that ain't, no, ain't, ain't no ponies in here. This ain't no stable. <laughs> It's gonna be that scene from Bad Boys 2. You a virgin? Yeah, but we're gonna keep it that way. You're not fucking in night. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. That's what I meant with Junior. I didn't mean that he's a he's a bad thing. He's just like he's 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 a he's a parent's nightmare. The sweet looking boy. Yeah. You know? 
whereas Denzel is the parents, you know, he's going to be the pastor one day. Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel you, I feel you, I get you on that now. And it's not because uh, he made that image, you know, that's his image. Yeah, baby, of course. If you want me, baby, holla. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, I need to wrap up that. It's like one you know year what? You be making it seem like I be hating genuine, but I be telling facts with genuines, yo. <laughs> you know, it is, yeah. You know, because I understand the points you make about <laughs> why, why are we genuine? Why always me? Why always me? Bro, you need to get that Mario, Ballet, that, that Mario Balotelli shirt that he wore. Yeah, this. Why always me? Why always me, bro? Just the shirt off. <laughs> you know what, yeah? Yo. Next week, I'm going to try and use another reference that is similar to a junior reference, but I'm not going to use genuine. I'm going to pick another R&B star. We're going to retire Junior Wine's number. If, uh, we'll see. We'll see. So H-Town, I'm coming for you now. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be next, but I, I can't wait to see. I'll see, man. I'll feel it. I'm never going to force you. It's going to come naturally. All right. Well, I hope so. Um, we need to wrap up. Like I was saying, it's like 1 a.m. for me, man. So oh, Yeah. Uh, Shit. Yeah. Who's Shout out to everybody. Man? Shout out to everybody that's staying on our case about dropping the pods. Uh, yeah, apologies, man. It's just been a really, really trying. Yo, as of to, in where I am, I was up from, uh, what time was I up? I left the house 4.30 a.m. because I had to go and do some admin and stuff like that. So I'm just a bit behind in general right now. I'm tired. I'm still yeah. working full-time and, that, and all that stuff. Abu Dhabi heat's a motherfucker, man. Bruh, to be fair, I'm, I'm sitting in aircon, so I can't complain. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. It's hard out there for you, man. We feel you, player. All right, guys, much love. Thank you very much for staying on our case. Thanks for interacting with us. Um, if you want to keep hitting us up on social media, please do. Uh, it's at Fumbi on Mataya on Instagram, at Fumbi on Twitter, and at Ola the Comedian on everything. Because that's on Crip, yo. On Hearts of Men, y'all. <laughs> on Pacemaking, y'all. On Long. Uh, <laughs> I put that on log, man. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one he said again? What was the funny one he said? Hey, the long part. I'm going to have to do that to myself, you know. That shit killed me, man. Oh, the oh. long references were just too much. Mister. It was the, it was the Mr. Long. <laughs> oh, yeah. I needed that laugh, man. That shit was hilarious. Uh, all right, man. Much love to all you guys and peace. Peace. Yeah, man.